Next on BYUSN, which quarterback, running back, and wide receiver trio is the best in program history? We'll show you our picks, and we'll ask you for your vote. Plus, the best win bracket continues to roll on with BYU's Cotton Bowl win over Kansas State and the classic Beck to Harlan win over Utah. Let's do this. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's Tuesday, June 20th. I'm Dave McCann. That's Brian Logan, who defeated Oklahoma nearly by himself back in 2009, 14 to 13 in Dallas, Oklahoma of the Big 12. I thought you were going to say that defeated Jeremy Spencer to go on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were going to talk about that openly, but apparently we are. But you were in there. You were in front of all those Oklahoma fans. BYU taking on the Sooners. They're ranked yeah. third in the country, and you beat them. Yeah, what an, what an amazing experience, especially for, for some, somebody that's first game. Yeah. First D1 game. Um, it's one thing going through junior college, right, um, and thinking this is my last chance, my last opportunity to, to get a Division One scholarship and play big-time ball, and then for my first game to be in that environment, that setting, NFL stadium, probably maybe 10% of BYU fans, everything else was, was cringing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we pulled it off, and, and like Max said, you know, we're going to win. We're going to win, and we won. And, we, and it gives us our Big 12 theme of the day, 11 days from today, BYU's actually in the Big 12. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait for that. Um, I think that's when I'm going to start pulling out my gear, right, and, uh, <laughs> and, and start repping it proudly. Uh, but on, on today's show, we'll, we'll talk to Keelan Marion, right receiver transfer from UConn. Uh, the great debate um, the top trios in program history. What, quarterback, receiver, running back? Yeah, uh, well, I, oh, I was going to say cornerback. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> you know That's those. for our 11 p.m. show. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, then uh, <laughs> uh, we'll go to uh, Deep Blue with uh, swimmer Josue uh, Dominguez. And uh, in our best win bracket, it's 1996 Kansas State against 2006 Utah. So that's a pretty big one. That's yeah. back to Harleen, or that's the Cotton Bowl victory uh, on New Year's Day. So that's not going to be a slam dunk like yesterday's was. We'll have that much more. Let's all rise and shout now. It's time for Just What's Trending. Yeah. What's Trending, presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn and more at Bodyguards.com. This is one of the great discussions in the history of the show yeah. we're having today. BYU's always had high-scoring offenses, and they've had phenomenal athletes to do it. On the air, in the air, through the ground, on the ground. These offenses have got great quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers. So we're going to discuss today who may be the top trio in program history. Somebody. We're going to take the tight ends. We're going to set them aside. We'll debate the best tight ends uh, on another day. This is just uh, the best quarterback, running back, and receiver who played together during their time at BYU. Um, and let's start with this, this great list. We go back to the season of all seasons, 1984, the national championship year. Yeah. Who were the big three? You got Robbie Bosco, you got Lake Himuli, and Glenn Kozlowski. And uh, let's roll over some of the stats as we watch some of their plays. Uh, they win the title, go undefeated. Bosco, 3,875 yards. Here are the numbers, 33 touchdowns. Third in the Heisman voting that season. Himuli, over 1,000 yards of total offense, 10 touchdowns. He was all-time 
number one, leading rusher when he finished up. Now he's number seven, so we've had a few others come through. Kozlowski, 55 receptions, 879 yards, 11 touchdowns. The Bosco to Kozlowski connection, including the back of the end zone in the Holiday Bowl against Michigan, which was a phenomenal catch, uh, 14 touchdowns together, ninth most all time. So that's a pretty good three. You know what's, what's um, really compelling with, with, the, with this these three is is that they won that they won the national championship, right? Yeah, nobody beat them. Usually it's it's like well, with with the Heisman it's kind of like well, are you really the best player? Because you you you're just the best player on the best team. That's what Sometimes, gets you the Heisman, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and so with this it's, it's kind of like this, is it the same thing, right? Is it well because you guys won the national championship and you guys were on, happened to be on that team? Do you guys just happen to? To, to, you know, reign as far as the, the best trio? Here's what we know. Those three are awesome players. Uh, <laughs> so they're on the list. Who's, on the, who's next on our group? So, so now, next we'll go Ty Detmer, Jamal Willis, and Eric Drage. Detmer, um, Willis, and Drage. 1991 season stats. Uh, Detmer, 4,031 uh, passing yards and 35 touchdowns. <laughs> uh, Detmer finished third in the Heisman after winning the Heisman in 1990. Willis had 729 yards of total offense, eight touchdowns. He graduated as BYU's all-time leading rusher. Currently, uh, he's ranking fourth. And then Drage had 46 receptions, 1,018 yards, 10 touchdowns, and he averaged over 22 yards per reception. And that was just in 91 for Drage. He, his career was phenomenal. So Detmer, Willis, and Drage. Now, Detmer wins the Heisman. Does that taint this trio? They beat Miami. Um, but, mm. but, but Miami was 1990. We're kind of looking at 91 as these three were together. But in yeah. their body of work, uh, you got a top five all-time rusher. You got the only Heisman Trophy winner in school history. Yeah. And you got Drage, who has that nearly as many touchdowns as anybody else who played that position. You, you could make a, a, a Michael Jordan argument for Detmer, I think, which is, you know, Michael Jordan raised everybody's, you know, talent and skill level, right? And uh, same thing with, with, like, a Kobe Bryant. Um, were, are, were you, are you really good, or is it, you know, the best player on the best team, maybe in the country, um, that is, is making you good, right? Um, we, we know that relationship with, with, uh, with, with receivers and quarterbacks. You can't really have one without the other, and then you can't really have a, a solid passing game if you don't have a good running game. Right. So, um, I, I know all that, wasn't, all that sounded like the Heisman wasn't that big of a deal <laughs> from a defensive guy. But Detmer was the best in the country that year, and he's... Yeah. And, uh, the year of the Heisman, and then 2001, they had a tougher season, but he says he played better at quarterback in 91 uh, than 90. Um, okay, so there's that group. Yep. Now we move on to Brandon Doman, Luke Staley, like these guys. and Reno Mahe. Doman was on uh, BYU Sports Nation yesterday. And we go to 2001 when they were together. Uh, Doman's passing over 3,500 yards, just under 500 rushing yards for a quarterback. What? At the time, it was like, what? 41 Combined touchdowns for Doman. Staley was uh, 1,900 yards total offense, over 1,500 rushing, 28 touchdowns. Won the Doak Walker Award as the best running back in America. I, did, I didn't know that um, that Coach Doman, who who you know I, I was on the team when he was on the staff. I didn't know he played with Luke Staley. Yeah, I feel ashamed. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should because he was the option quarterback that fed Luke the football. I feel really uh, bad. And they won those. You know, he won his first 14 starts with, with Staley in there. I didn't know that either. Mahe was pretty good. 91 receptions, over 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns in that 2001 season. 
Uh, they were 12 and 0 to begin, and then uh, injuries took out Staley. They took out Doman. I think they took out Mahe, if I remember right. Averaged 44.8 points a game in the offense, second best in the country. The trio of Doman, Staley, and Mahe is that the best yeah. all time at BYU? This is this is, this is good. Uh, maybe maybe that last loss or the injury is that maybe why that season really isn't talked about as much. Maybe I'm, I'm just trying to come up with an excuse of why I didn't know that he played. <laughs> yeah. that he played with. You're them. digging yourself in. <laughs> Don't hate me, coach. I still love you. Okay, um, so that's a good group. But now here comes another one. John Beck, Curtis Brown, and Todd Watkins. Uh, so in 2005, Beck had 3,709 passing yards. Gosh, 27 touchdowns. Um, he was top five in passing yards and touchdowns in BYU history. Brown had 1,577 yards of total offense, 16 touchdowns. Brown, all-time leading rusher when, when he graduated. There's a running theme with these guys. Right, they were number yeah. one when they finished. Right, right, exactly. Currently, uh, he's, he's third all-time. Watkins had 49 receptions, 678 yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, bet to walk, back to Watkins, 15 career touchdown connections, which is tied six all time. What I loved about those two is Beck would drop back and he'd just wait for Watkins to go deep and he chucked it in. and Watkins was was a deep threat that BYU has been longing for for years and and here he comes he had great hands uh, made some spectacular plays so the trio of Beck Brown and Watkins that trio is tough to beat. That is um, you know since since I've I stepped foot on this campus when it comes to Todd Watkins all I heard was you don't you don't run a real four three or you don't know what a real four three is until you've guarded somebody like him. So, um, you know, to have a, a strong arm in, uh, in in Beck, I mean that 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 had to be a, a a nice insurance coming out there and saying, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some plays today. All right, we got a trio of trios remaining, three more groups: Max Hall, Harvey Unga, and Austin Cauley. Uh, the 2008 season. Hall, just under 4,000 passing yards, 35 touchdowns. Uh, his body of work has him the winningest quarterback in BYU history. Harvey, uh, 1,449 yards of total offense, 15 touchdowns in 2008. He finished number one as all-time leading rusher at BYU. He's currently number two. Austin Colley, 106 receptions, over 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns. All BYU single-season Records in that 2008 year, of course, went on to play in the NFL. The Hall to Collie combination, 22 touchdowns. That's the most all-time. How about Hall, Unga, and Collie? To set aside your bias, because you played with this group, yeah, what about yeah. this trio? Is this the best trio in BYU history? I, I think so, hands, hands down. Um, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to play with, with Austin. Uh, he went to the NFL when I, when I came, but we, we still had Dennis, right? And... and it felt really good as a defensive player to know if we had two minutes left and we needed to score or if we had eight minutes left and we needed to, to run the clock out. You know, uh, Max could, could lead the offense and get it done either way on the ground with, with Harvey or, or through the air. So, yeah, of course I'm biased. So this is, I'm, I'm voting for them. You're voting for them? Hands down. You're voting for uh, Hall, Unga, and Kali. And Dennis probably feels slighted, but Dennis, we're not talking about tight ends today. Yeah. This is the best quarterback, running back, receiver, trio in program history. I like this next group coming up. Taysom. Yeah, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and Cody Hoffman. Um, you got played, a lot of record setters in there. Played with Cody. When I was a senior, he was a, a freshman. Look so. at this catch right here. How can you not vote for that guy? It, it's, so individually, and we'll talk about this here in a second, but individually I think this, these are the best, this is the best group, right? As a collective body, um, and, and here I'll go through the stats 
uh, to give guys an idea. So uh, Taysom had 2,938 passing yards, uh, 1,300 rushing yards, 29 total touchdowns. Uh, he was fourth all-time in BYU history. In that in season, total offense. Right? Yep, this in that is season. in the 2013 season. Uh, Jamal had 1,200 rushing yards and seven touchdowns, and uh, he was BYU's he's BYU's uh, all-time leading rusher with 3,901 career yards. Cody had 57 receptions, eight 894 yards, and five touchdowns, and then um, he's most all-time for uh, 33 in career touchdowns. All right, so th- so they played together in 13. Their body yeah. of work. Taysom's in the top five, I believe, in rushing history. Yeah. That's with all the running backs. That's right. the quarterback at number six, just you outside see. the top five, which is amazing yeah. when you think about it, because I think we've listed the top five. Yeah. Uh, Jamal's number one, and Hoffman's number one in scoring touchdowns. How's that not the best trio? So, and this, is the, this is the argument right here, because if, if you're talking about the, the trio as individual players and, and their body of work, hands down. I, I wouldn't argue that. Um, you take these three I over would, Hall, Unga, and Cauley. Ooh, that's what hard. It sounded like. Kind of sounded like you were leaning that way. I was until you said it out loud. In their body of work <laughs> as trios once who you, played together. In, that, once, you said it, once you said it out loud, it made <laughs> me think a little bit. But the fact that it made me think and pause um, lets me know that my first instincts would choose these guys. Because why I'm hesitating is because of loyalty. You know, yeah, know, Max. You're a very loyal I, guy. I, hey, Max, that's my that's my quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's my quarterback. I'm just saying. I'll I'm go. Just, with, I'll go you're anywhere. Going back. You're going back to your guys. Even if he go, if he plays in the in the alumni game this year, I'm I'll, I'll play because because it's Max. So, but 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 again, body of work has got to be my guys. All right, let's move into the modern era now because it's it's going to get a little tougher. You got Zach Wilson, Tyler Algier, yep. and Dax Milne. NFL, NFL. NFL, Oof, yeah. uh, three mm-hmm. tough kids. This they played together in 2020. Uh, Wilson had just over 3,600 passing yards, rushed for just over 250, had 43 total touchdowns, drafted number two overall to the Jets. Uh, Algier, uh, 1,130 rushing yards in 2020 with 13 rushing touchdowns. Remember the year before he was a linebacker, right? Uh, right. And now he's a running back. And, uh, and he's just starting what would become a phenomenal career because the following season, he breaks BYU's single-season all-time rushing record, once held by Luke Staley, um, and he had 23 touchdowns. Uh, Milne with 70 receptions, over 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. Milne was really, really good, uh, way under the radar. Yeah. And then he locks on with the commanders in the NFL, drafted in the seventh round, and he's still on still. the commanders. He's returning punts. And, uh, and, um, and, and catching passes. So how about this trio? This is, a, this is another good argument, another good view and perspective, because you, you could say guys that had the most upside in regards to playing at the next level um, and then making an impact and actually playing and, 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 sticking, and sticking there, right? And yeah, does that make them the best trio? It's all, it all depends however you want to. You can manipulate the data however you like, <laughs> you know, um, if you want to say from that perspective. Yeah, if you want to say individually, you, you know, the, the group prior, if you say as a whole, you know, that the whole body of work per, for that exact season that all three of them play in, it's got to be my guys. You know, it's got to be Max back to and, your guys. Back to my guys. Yeah, yeah I like the, the thought of they had to have played together. Yep. But here's what they've done. 
And then does that make them the best trio? And, and uh, you know, Robbie Bosco would still say, hey, we're number one. Oh, I forgot about those guys. <laughs> Detmer's going, uh, only Heisman winner. Uh, those guys kind of carry the load, but they had guys around them, of course. Uh, it, it's just a phenomenal group. And then there's some honorable mentions. You want to go old school. Uh, there, there's Gary Scheide, uh, Jeff Blank, and Jay Miller. And they're like, Jay Miller, that, that was all, that's the night. They played together in 1974. Well, what was significant about that? They won their first conference championship. Uh, they went to their first bowl game. Are they so old that we can have played color? The Fiesta Bowl, some of them. Played in the Fiesta Bowl. I got beat by Oklahoma State, who BYU is going to finish this coming season in Stillwater as a member of the same conference. Uh, but th this is a trio that really kicked started. And you look at uh, Steve Young's group and Jim McMahon's group, Gifford Nielsen's group. Uh, great offenses that had to have a great quarterback, running back, and receiver. We just grouped together um, for the debate six or seven of them. And, uh, and I, think, uh, I think it's a, it's a dilemma of you can't just go Hall, Unga, and Cully once you start breaking them down because then you're like, oh, now wait, wait a second, just like in our conversation. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Or, yeah. oh, yeah, he did that. Well, I mean, you could even, you could even throw in um, – you know, season accomplishments and, and accolades, right? You can go individually and say, guy, some guys were all American, some guys were all conference, and then you could you could throw in conference championships, Hall of Famers, that that too. Well, you can't really do it for for the the latter groups because of independence, right? right? But but you could also throw in this is this is a really good one, how uh, quality of competition, yeah, right? So. The, the, Zach and the younger guys could be like, hey, you guys didn't play against anybody. We all, I say this all the time. Play against Wyoming, right? I mean, those are all stat games. you got the second and third string guys in before the end of the second quarter, right? So, hey, one thing Algier can say is I, I played against the, the entire Pac-12 and beat, right. beat them all and, for and the most single, part. And single-handedly won yeah. the Arizona State game. That was, yeah. you know, pun intended there. So here's our question of the day for you to answer on our BYU Sports Nation Twitter. What is the best? quarterback, running back, and receiver trio in history. Uh, it's probably going to come from the group we discussed, even though you may have, uh, you may go to a, a, another year and, and find another trio. But once you start considering what each guy did and when, it is not a slam dunk of you just go to what we would naturally go to uh, is your group. Yeah. Because uh, Ty's got a group, Robbie's got a group, Taysom has a group, Zach's got a group. And, uh, and then who knows, at, after the end of this season, will it be yeah. Slovis, Robbins, and, uh, and Cody Epps? Um, so uh, weigh in using the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Best trio in quarterback history. Um, Parker Peterson on Facebook. Jaron Hall, Tyler Algier, and Puka Nakua um, are all in the NFL and have very successful careers. A good point. Good it point. is a good point. Uh, continue to weigh in using the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We got a big party coming up. Do you want to promo it? Yes, I'm, you know, I'm excited about this. Um, on July 1st, uh, you guys join us as uh, we join BYU Athletics to celebrate BYU coming into the Big 12 Conference. Uh, you could join the BYU Sports Nation Game Day crew and ourselves as we'll be interviewing uh, coaches, players, all that will be live uh, from the celebration. Tune in Saturday, July 1st from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the BYU TV apps. You gonna bring it? I am. I'm, I, you know what, this picture caught me off guard because I, this is why I can't stand by David. You see, the, you see the, the difference in the height? That's why I'm standing next to you. You can't even see me, I look like a student. I'm like, I'm blended <laughs> <laughs> in. <laughs> Listen, you're wearing the game day shirt, you're not a student, you're part of the crew. That's gonna be a fun one. 
Coming up, a unique event coming to the Marriott Center this weekend with some of the big names on campus performing in a much different way. This is BYU Sports Nation. Good to have you with us today. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Still waiting for Pinterest. Still waiting for that. Waiting for that. Get some recipes on there. <laughs> Dave McCann, Brian Logan, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation here in Studio B. Let's get to today's headlines. BYU Athletics announced a devotional this Sunday, the 25th, featuring Coach Sitake, Tyler Batty, Chase Roberts, Olivia Katoa, and Whitney Bauer that will be held at the Marriott Center. Um, doors open at 7 Eastern, and you can watch it live on BYU TV at 8 Eastern. That's a cool event. I, I'd like to see them do that more often. Uh, chance for like fans. Looks like a fireside. Like, yeah. Like how we yeah. Do it? Yeah. Friday nights. Friday night fireside. Yeah, it's only Marriott Center. Saturday night. Bigger, way bigger. And better. Twenty thousand in there. Yeah. It'd be good. I also bet, on I, BYU TV. I bet. I bet. So we only had maybe half of the players would show up to the firesides. I bet all the players would show up. Yeah, they should. Yeah, Hey, Michael Rucker, the only Cougar in the big leagues, uh, faced six batters last night against Pittsburgh, retired all six. The Cubs won for the eighth time in ten games, are on fire, now climbing up the charts. So he made the last out, struck out the last batter, and I texted him, fantastic job. You know, the team's playing great. Not five minutes later, I get a text back from Rucker going, man, it's fun to win. And I'm like, did you even take a shower first? You just went right to your locker, got on your phone, and started answering texts. Anyway, he's pitching great, and the Cubs are starting to play good. Uh, good for, good for Michael Rucker. Those are today's headlines. Now let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. What do you got? Yesterday, Alabama head coach Nick Saban joined the Joel Klatt show and commented on the current state of the college football playoff. Saban said, all we do is take the teams that win the most games at the end of the year and put them to the playoffs. But do we really get the best teams? When they told me we would be favored against three out of the four teams that got into the playoffs, I'm like, why didn't we get in the playoffs? Yeah, well, here's the thing. If you're in the conference with the most money and the most power in the game yeah. and the most influence in the game, You've got to win your games. <laughs> and and it's so you 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 can't say we're great because of all this. And then over here you you lose to Tennessee. Uh, who else did they lose to? Lost to somebody else. And so they, they didn't qualify yeah. to get into their championship game. And uh, and so they were left out of the final four. Now I don't dispute Alabama would have played Georgia probably better in the championship game than TCU. Right, right, right. But Alabama lost at the wrong time. And most of the time, the leaders of that league are shoved into the number one, number two spot because they're in that league. Yeah. Because they won their games. But if you don't win your games, you automatically just get a beat in there. Right. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta earn it, right? I mean, you, you just, it's, it's, unfor it's unfortunate that the SEC, um, plays at a different level. I would say the top teams in the SEC. It's not unfortunate they get the most money. Well, I'm saying well, I'm saying what's unfortunate is that you end up knocking each other off by default. Right. That's the unfortunate part. However, that doesn't change the rules of how you get into <laughs> the playoffs. You still have to win. Look, right? you're favored to beat Tennessee, beat them. Right. And exactly. then it's then it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Well, you well, you got beat. Yeah. I mean, it's it's 
It's very, it's very simple. You just, I mean, you just win. It's hard, right? But as far as the rules and how to get in, it's that, it's that simple. It's you, yeah. it's, it's, it's you win. There's no, there's no formula. There's, there's no magic wand. I mean, here's the criteria of how you get in. And as long as you accomplish that, then you know, you're good to go. Look, I like Saban, I think he's the best. Uh, he never says these kind of things when he's in the Final Four. Right, right. He's never been in the championship game going, you know, there's four of the better teams than us, <laughs> but we just got here anyway. Right. Uh, and they'll be back in the mix again, uh, fighting with Georgia yep. for the same opportunity again at the end of the season. Right. Coming up next, Keelan Marion, he's brought his A game to Provo from UConn. And there he is, ready to catch passes from Keaton Slovis in the Big 12. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. here at Studio B, BYU Sports Nation, Dave McCann, Brian Logan. That's a pretty good receiving crew coming back. It's even better because a couple of faces that the Cougars have added, including Keelan Marion, who's with us, a transfer from UConn, settling in the Provo, out there getting catches and in the gym, lifting weights. And how's it going? Welcome, first of all. And how's it, how cool is it to be here? It's very cool. I never thought I would end up in Utah, actually. Yeah. Like, I never thought I'd end up in Connecticut. <laughs> so it actually turned out, I like it here. It's, like, it's very peaceful, nice scene, good food. Yeah. So what brought you here for a guy who never thought he'd be here? Uh, actually, Aiden Robbins had a big part in it, too. Really? Because I know we're, we're buddies back home. Cause I, I have a friend that played high school ball that went to Louisville with Aiden. Yeah. And ever since he brought Aiden back to Atlanta, we just connected and been tight ever since. And I had told him that I was looking to leave. I was looking for a new home. And he said he put the word in. I, I told him I, I wouldn't go back on my word. I'm going to come. So Aiden was the chief recruiter to yes, get sir. you here? Yes, sir. And then after you get, okay, I'm going to look at BYU. Yes, sir. What did you start looking at? What, what, how many times they threw the football? What offense? Who's the coach? What's the coordinator like? What quarterbacks have gone in the NFL? Where, where do you start? Yes, sir. I, I, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to say I knew a ton. Right. But I always knew that this was a great program and like guys work hard, guys win, guys always, I, I like energy. I'm a big guy, I feed off energy. So I, as I did my little research on YouTube and stuff, I seen like Coach Kalani bring a lot of energy, the <laughs> team, like everybody on the sideline up and down, someone making plays and like, that's what you need. You need to be together to win a football game. That's a, it's a team sport. Right. So the, the family part got my, got my attention also. Yeah. We're big on family here. Yes, indeed. What, what other schools were you looking at besides BYU? I was also looking at UCF and probably ECU. And yeah. then what, what separated BYU? From those two, yeah. just like facility-wise, coaches, players. Like once I came on my visit, you know, the team made me feel welcome, like I had already been here. Guys just like greeting me and like, you know, you don't get that everywhere you go. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you feel like, so when I first came, um, I thought the guys were fake. And I thought you thought the guys were fake. I thought they were fake because I was like, there's, there's no way, there's no way people are this nice no, for no reason. I Maybe thought it was too good to be true. Right. See, <laughs> see, you see, this is what, see, this, this is what I was, I was, I was trying to get to was, um, if you had the same experience as me, and I'm kind of using this as a recruiting tool in a pitch yeah. because, you know, you hear it so often from guys like us that that 
you know, not from the culture, not from the state. We get here, and it's like, wait a minute, it is too good to be true. Um, I think Cody Epps said the same thing. Right, right, yeah. yeah. So, so when did it start to 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 sink in, and and for you to realize, like, you know what, this it, this is legit. Like, it still, it still haven't, it still haven't hit me yet that like the stuff around here, like everyone is just super nice. It's like where I come from and stuff. I don't get that a lot, so it's like it was hard for me to like actually believe. But like I've been trying to put it in my head to tell myself like <laughs> these are good, these are true good people. I, I do think everyone is truly good and genuine. I a high, do. a high energy guy would be your receivers coach, Fessy Sataki. Yes, sir. And he told us last week he loves guys that played basketball yes, in addition to football because it just gives you an awareness that's different uh, as a basketball player, and then taking it to the football field trying to shake a guy to get open. Have you noticed that in your career? Yes, sir. Like when you jab right or double jab or even rocket, rocket step, like it's the same as basketball, crossover, crossover, right, left, right, left. Yeah. So I just treated, I kind of treated the same. I was a big, big hooper before I became a football player. Right. And does it help you get after a football up in the air? Yes, sir. I, it just like, and me, me personally, it's just like a want and the determination that I have. Like yeah. if the ball in the air, like I'm coming down with it or no one else coming down with the ball. And that just, I guess that just shows who I am. Yeah, that's a rebound or a, or a, or a first down. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. With, with me, it's, it's an incomplete pass or pass interference. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Either, yeah. either way. Saw a lot of the latter. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, when, when you were on your trip, um, you know, a lot of coaches, they, they have plans and they say, hey, this is where our vision is for you. We see you playing inside. We say you playing outside. What did, what did Fessy say to you when you were on your trip? Uh, basically, he told me he he can see me re- re- replacing Puka, replacing Puka. Okay. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, the guys get on me a lot for saying Puka. Yeah, and yeah, they're gonna get puka. on you for this too. Yeah. And it's Puka, so he told me I could replace him, and I know I can. I always wanted the jet sweeps. I can get the jet sweeps. I can get the screen. I can take the top off. I can get in the quick game. I can get up in the slot, run the corners, option routes. I, I honestly feel like I can do it all. Here's what Fessy told us about you uh, and Puka. Uh, he says you got a lot of puka in you, the ability to make people miss, play bigger than you are. He says you play like you're six four, uh, even you're six foot, and uh, and you've got ability to just make plays. Now, when when a coach says you're kind of like puka, that's kind of a big deal around here. How do you feel about that? Uh, no, it sounds like I got some big shoes to fill. Yeah. And I, I promise I won't let anyone down. I when could, you, when you have the football, when you have the football, what's going through your mind? Why are you tough to tackle? Cause I'm going to the end zone. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to get there. Yeah. You, I could. I could. I could sense the confidence um, in you. You know, when you're speaking about your skill set and your abilities and what you could do. Um, and it, 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 it reminds me of Puka. Um, you know, I, I used to watch Puka train when he was a junior and senior in in, in high school, and, and same type of energy. You know, I I I, I get from you. Um, I know I know Puka got it from just wanting to be a, a competitor. Where where do you get that that confidence from? I think I'm also I'm a bit competitor also. Like we can race to the Y. <laughs> I'm going I'm going I'm going to show you I'm going to beat you to the Y. Have you been up there? Yes, sir. Yeah, Actually, last Sunday. That's not a pleasant hike. It's <laughs> yeah. straight uphill. Yeah, they told me it was six turns. It turned out to be like fourteen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyone says six, know that they're selling <laughs> they you something. You. Yeah, they lied to you. Yeah. yeah, they tricked me up there. It was it was a great experience though. Nice city, see the view. Yeah. Um, if I say let's play Uno or let's race to this wall, 
I'm going to beat you. <laughs> I bet I win. That's important. Last year, you played four games because you got hurt. Yes, sir. Where are you health-wise? What happened? I think it was a collarbone, right? Yes, I, I broke my collarbone on the touchdown up at Utah State. Okay. First, third drive of the game in the first quarter. And then that was it? Yes, sir. Then I, I came back against – I missed eight games, came back against Boston College. First play of the game, I caught a dig route, pile tackle, linebacker twist my ankle. First play of the game. Man. Back, back out, first game back. So I only played one game, which was the bowl game. Right. But I got in against Liberty for a two-point conversion. So, you know, once you step in, it yeah. takes right. your ability. So what did you learn having had the game taken away from you yeah. that has you so inspired to come and perform this stuff this fall? I think it taught me to, like, appreciate it more and say, I like, I'm always serious about the sport, but I can be more serious. Mm. It taught me to be more serious. It taught me how to be more of a uh, – I'm a team player. I'm not going to say it taught me more of a team player. But it taught me, like, I, I, I'm a guy to keep the guys going. I'm a great energy guy, guy scorer. I'm, you, if I ain't in the game, you're going to see me on the sideline. You might, I might be the first one up and down. Someone might be scoring. I might be on the field like this. Just knowing, just know, just knowing we're finna score. Well, look, uh, one thing you can learn from Puka is if you're not in the game and then you run onto the field to celebrate and take your helmet off, even if it fancy. is with your brother, that's a 15-yard penalty. <laughs> yeah. You got to see Coach Fancy. You definitely got to see Coach Fancy. Yeah, you got to go the, see Coach Fancy. guys warn you about that? Yes, yeah, sir. Right. I actually seen that clip on my visit. <laughs> What, uh, what is it about Keaton Slovis that you like? And how can he lead this team into this first year of, of the Big 12? I just, I know my first, on my first day of my visit here, he's one of the guys, he actually was my host, him and Aiden. Yeah. And I know we had a long talks and he was telling me how the guys are, how the program is. And I noticed like when the guys do player run practices, they're more locked in than you know, places I've been. Right. They're more locked in. I think, I think they're more focused and it's more serious. Mm. So I feel like Keenan is a great guy, and I feel like he has what it takes to take this team to where we want to go. Do, do, do you he's, think that th he's thrown to you, right? Yes, sir. How do you feel about his arm? Crazy. Yeah. It's an arm. That's what we, you know, he's Got battled injury it. too, like yourself. He's battled injury through his career. But, uh, but he comes here with a chance to, to go get a job in the NFL. Yes, sir. I, think he, I definitely think he can do it. He's a guy. With, with um, the comparison to other player-run practices, do you think it's different here because of the, the culture that's established? Or the leadership um, of the guys on the team? I can say, I, I might say both play a part because, you know, some guys are more older and mature. And I know older places, we were younger. And, I, and once I got here, I know these guys are obviously older than me and they'll have families and yeah. stuff to take care of. And it shows, like, it shows in locker room how like, they're mature, like, on the field. Like, if some, it, it might be the littlest thing and the guys correct it. Like, and the little things are the important things. Let's put up the Big 12 schedule uh, for this coming season. And, uh, and what, when it came out uh, and, and you signed on, what, what game were you most eager to see on that slate? Uh, Here really, they are. Really all, but, you know, we're going to take, take it day by day. Folk get, stay ready for camp, get ready for Sam Houston. Okay, let's. Okay, right, that's okay, a good okay, answer. Okay, wait, let's, let's, let's. But as a competitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, not, let's not have a. That's a player answer. If it's just us, <laughs> that's a media answer. Look, he put his head down because he knows. If, if you could pick any game, right, whatever game that, that you're most excited for, which one would it be in the non-media, non-player answer? Where do you want to showcase your skills the most? Who do you want to play? What defense? I want to see Texas. Ooh, I knew you were okay. going to say Texas. Okay, okay. Because they're the Texas. standard okay. in the league? I want to see Texas. 
I want to see everybody. <laughs> everybody. They all got to see. They, they got to see us. Starts with Sam Houston. How eager will you be to take the field coming out of that locker room? The stadium's going to be packed. It's going to be late at night. Uh, the adrenaline's going to be awesome. There's going to be fireworks in the air as you run out. You're running through the band. What, what's that moment going to be like? It's obviously going to be, I think it's going to be shocking. I'm going to have some chills. Yeah. I'm going to have some chills because, you know, play, I played in some atmospheres, but I don't think it was nothing like this. From what I've seen on you just just YouTube. Yeah. You can hear it on YouTube and you can see the energy in the crowd. Like the camera's even shaking on YouTube. That's how I know it's I know it's the real deal. Well it's um, fun to have you here, Keelan Mary, and we look forward to seeing it. Guys report next month, right? And yes, then sir. And then camp begins first day of August and it's on. It's on. Yeah. Good to have you here. Thank Welcome you. Welcome to Provo. All right. Uh the Wire Awards join Spencer and Jam as they honor the best of the best and the brightest of the brightest within BYU athletics over the last year while wearing uh, tuxedos. You can watch or listen Friday, June 23rd at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. How about Keelan's energy? You can feel it? Ready to go play. I'm ready, I'm ready, yeah. I'm, I, I wish that alumni game was tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you need still time to heal from the last one. Next, we're gonna jump into the deep blue with swimmer Josue Dominguez. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Cougar swimmer Josue Dominguez uh, reached a pinnacle in the sport that few athletes ever get to do. They get to go to the Olympics and represent their country. And he swam for the Dominican Republic in 2020. But as you'll see in today's Deep Blue, his journey into that Olympic pool was anything but easy. When I get in the water, I stop hearing. I'm there alone with myself. It's my time of thinking, my time of uh, meditation. If things are not going well, it's very easy to, when you hit the water, it's like that break of the things outside that you need to just recharge and, and keep going. Eh, lo llevamos a un doctor que es especialista en deportista y él se sorprendió. Él dijo que Josué tiene todas las cosas para ser un nadador. Incluso él le dijo, Josué, tú eres un pez. El tener la, las plaquetas un poco bajas te permite que el oxígeno corra más rápido. Muchas veces en mi trabajo no sé cómo no me despidieron con tantos permisos que tenía que pedir para ir a competencia, llevarlo a las diferentes cosas. Este, Josué es un ejemplo de, de ser un niño obediente. En el 2014 logró en el Mundial de Nanjing, en los Juegos Olímpicos Juveniles de Nanjing, logró quedar entre los 16 primeros, siendo el mejor nadador o la mejor participación de nadador o nadador alguno en esos Juegos. De salir al campo misional, en natación pensaron que mi esposo y yo estábamos forzando la situación con él, pero ya era una meta que él tenía, de que cuando le llegara el tiempo iba a salir a la misión. Y mucha gente pensó que Josué ya se había acabado su carrera de nadador. Pero Josué confió en el Señor, se fue a la misión. I knew that the Lord was going to help me for my decision and that it was the right decision to make. Allá 
jugando basquetbol tuvo una lesión de, de, de ligamento cruzado, de la rodilla, jugando baloncesto. Tuvo que venir al país y ahí sí ellos pensaron que ya Josué no iba a nadar más. In the plane back, I was just thinking, oh, everybody's just gonna tell me, we told you, don't go, and just start judging me and things like that. But the first thing I saw when I came home was my parents. Se, de una vez nosotros agilizamos todas las cosas para que pudiera ser operado y duró cuatro meses aquí en el país. O sea, después de la cirugía, todo el tiempo de terapia. Y ya a los cuatro meses, José dijo, me tengo que ir a la misión. Terminó su misión, regresó y de una vez entonces empezó a llenar todos los papeles para, para poder irse a estudiar a BYU. I came back. I had lost all my stamina, all my swimming muscles were almost gone, and coming back to the pool was hard. Como un milagro, ese nadador pudo, después de dos años fuera, retorna al país, empieza a nadar, empieza a hacer buenos tiempos, y luego he becado a la Universidad de Utah. It took me a long time. It took me months to be able to get even a little closer to what I was before. It's been because of uh, God's help and my family and my friends and coaches that I was able to come back from a mission and be even better than before. We are here in Santo Domingo, the capital city of La Republica Dominicana. Siempre esperamos cada año con mucho gozo porque son las, los Juegos Nacionales donde los atletas vienen a la capital de la República Dominicana a competir para lograr hacer el tiempo para alguna de las competencias internacionales bien importantes de natación. When I got to the pool in Santiago, there was this little um, poster saying like, welcome, Josue, uh, you are our pride. And I was like, oh man, this is, this is cool. And then I walked in and everybody was like, oh look, that's Josue, that's Olympian. And they're like, oh Josue, I look up to you a lot. Like, I don't know, that just like motivates me to keep going and be, keep being the, the motivation to those little kids that are growing up. When we have swim camps here, he shows up and everybody's like, there's the Olympian and he'll take time to talk to them and he'll tell them, I was slower than you are when I was your age and you can do it if you want. So he's a great ambassador for the sport of swimming, not only in his country, but even here at BYU. Es un fajador, es un vencedor y nosotros tenemos total confianza de que él, como lo ha hecho más de una vez, va a poder ser Josué Domínguez, un tremendo campeón dominicano. In swim, he has had the drive and motivation to become an Olympian, to make these records, to make these national records, and he has achieved those goals. Y por esa fe y su obediencia a los convenios con el Señor, él ha logrado todo lo que ha logrado, logró entrar Este, a la BYU, que algo que él era su sueño. He will continue to achieve great goals because he is able to set his mind on something and stay on that path. 
without swimming, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. I feel the water and it's like something clicks. Being in the pool is something that I need. I enter the water and it's like I feel myself. It is amazing the caliber of young people that, that come through here. And we get to know them as fans and as even as broadcasters because they're in sports and, and we, we get to tell their stories. That's a fascinating story. Yeah, it is. Um, man, I, I, I wish them all the best and, and uh, perseverance. Um, whenever you're going through something, um, always, you know, helps out. Um, giving up, you know, never does, never does work out. Um, but what an amazing story to um, have, you know, your, your country behind you and uh, the, the support. And like you said, I mean, BYU, we just produce really good athletes and people, but athletes. I call, I call them, I call them um, athletic students instead of student athletes. Um, so I would be a non-athlete. <laughs> Is that what you would call me? No, no, no. You're, you're, no, you're athletic um, commentator. Speaking of the big time <laughs> with big athletes, we got it all coming. Jerem Jordan, David Nixon, Kristen Koslowski, and Tyler Halls will sit down to discuss the challenges and excitement surrounding BYU's move to the Big 12 on July 1st. It's a Big 12 roundtable on Monday, June 26th at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. It's going to be good. Coming up next, our best win bracket battle continues. Yesterday's game, pretty one-sided. Today's matchup, a much different story. How is he still open after all these years, <laughs> the great Johnny Harleen? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The best BYU football wins bracket continues this morning. What we started with a field of 16, the 16 best games going head to head against each other, seeded one through 16. Yesterday we had the one seed, Miami, taking on the eight seed, uh, the game in the 1983 Holiday Bowl against Missouri with Steve Young. Miami won it in a cakewalk. <laughs> That's why they're the number one seed, the BYU win over Miami. 87% uh, of the vote in favor of that one. However, as you take a look at the brackets and the matchups get tougher and tougher, we set the table for today's matchup. Here it is. Interception, Omar Morgan. Number one's got to feel like number one right now. Touchdown! Johnny Harley, they win it! Today's matchup is fifth seed 1996 Kansas State versus fourth seed 2006 Utah. Uh, 1996 Kansas State, uh, 1997 Cotton Bowl, number five BYU versus number 14 Kansas State. BYU's first and only New Year's Day bowl game. Um, BYU trailed 15 to five entering the fourth quarter. Wow. Who trails 15 to five? I did not know that. Um, Steve Sarkeesian found James Dye um, for back-to-back -back touchdowns to give BYU the late lead. Omar Morgan picked off um, uh, Brian Kavanaugh. Brian Kavanaugh in the end zone uh, to steal the win. BYU won 19 to 15. Uh, BYU's 14th win of the season, finished number fifth in AP poll and uh, second pick. highest finish. 
in BYU history. That pick at the four-yard line, one of the great defensive plays in BYU football history. So there it is, the 97 Cotton Bowl. It was huge. So on CBS, it was an opportunity for BYU to beat a team from the Big 12 or whatever they were at the time. Uh, and, and now we're going to play Kansas State uh, regularly, uh, or at least every other season in the Big 12 as we move on. So that was a big win. Now let's go to 2006. This is the emotional win. You're going to have to <laughs> overcome emotion on this. It's the Beck to Harleen game. Look at all that red inside the Eccles Stadium up there with a lot of blue smattered in there. Number 21, BYU. They start the game. They lost four straight to the Utes. Um, and uh, this one went back and forth. BYU trailed 31-27. Here's the last play of the game. Beck rolling to his right. Johnny Harleen comes back for the ball. The Cougars win it 33-31. They win the league title. They celebrate right in front of all those Utah fans. Beck, 375 yards, four touchdowns. Harleen, seven for 118 yards and three touchdowns. That one was the game winner. He had one earlier, which was phenomenal. Uh, locked up the first 10-win season for BYU since 2001. So that's the four seed. Beck to Harleen, Utah, BYU, going up against the five seed, the Kansas State Cotton Bowl. What do you think? It's got to be Utah, What do you think? Go to BYU Sports Nation and cast your vote. You're going to Utes right out of the gate? Man, that Cotton Bowl was huge, too. So this is the emotion of the Beck to Harleen versus the New Year's Day national TV win against a P5. I, I think uh, anytime you go Utah, anytime it's a Utah game, you got to pick Utah. Our elite voice of the day is presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated and underscore Crowley19 on Twitter. The second all-time rusher winning his quarterback, arguably the best wide receiver of all time. For though, for sure, those three. Oh, and there was Derek Pitta or Dennis Pitta or whatever the guy's <laughs> name is. He wears Jimmer's number. It's Dennis Pitta. Uh, we... Uh, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Our Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Former Cougar president Kevin Worthen, now law professor at Yale. He's the president that delivered BYU to the Big 12, which is just 11 days away. Keelan Marion, thanks for being our guest today. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Back tomorrow, shout-out to Michael Rucker. Go Cougs! You named your son Steve, Jimmer, and Lavelle. 1984 is a